In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates fearless romance creators. I'm Jenny Nordback, and I've been left unsupervised to do the intro, which means I could say anything, and Melody isn't here to stop me. Just a reminder that next week we are back to the final episode of the month, only being available in its entirety to Temple of Defiant Joy members, so you can join now to get access to that along with a treasure trove of bonus content, Bonkers Book Club, and artwork. The first portion of the episode will still be available publicly, though, so don't worry, you can still enjoy the first part of it. If you are a current member of the Temple of Defiant Joy, our last update email included a special preview of the line art draft for Stocked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark and its tentacle gloriousness. You can join now on our website, which is bonkersromance.com temple. Today, though, today, we are joined by Nisha Sharma to initiate Melody into the bonkers delight that is Nikki Sloan. We're recapping the initiation by Nikki Sloan, and you better buckle up because it is a ride. It's happening. Nisha Sharma is Nisha here with Sharma. us. I'm here. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I have to open by telling an embarrassing Nisha Sharma story about me. Oh. Well, I don't think it was the it's very first time I met Nisha, but it was like one of the first times that we had kind of crossed paths and we were at RWA, Denver, New York, not sure which. And the publishers do like parties that people go to. Mm -hmm. And so we were at the Avon okay. party 
and like I am the least cool person there. It's like Julia Quinn and Nisha and fucking Sarah McClay. I am like the least cool person. Joanna Shoop and everyone knows like, Jenny Norback. No one knows Nisha. Everybody's Norback. just like flitting around, and I'm like, I don't belong here. Like, what is going on? And so Nisha starts telling author friends about her wedding, and she's like telling them about her wedding, and I'm like, this is cool as shit. I want to be part of this conversation, but I don't really know Nisha, so I'm just like the weird lurker who's like, tell me about your wedding. So I was like, oh, here, I'll hold your phone while you show people pictures of your wedding so that the whole group can see. So I was just this like awkward little creature, like holding the the display to be like awkward at all. Jenny, you Vanna whited for them. I totally did. And then I think at one point Nisha was like, you don't you don't have to hold it. And I was like, no, it's fine. It like gives me a reason to be here lurking, (laughs) looking at your wedding pictures because you don't fucking know me. And <laughs> and they were very nice no, wedding pictures. I, I totally appreciate you holding my my phone, but also at the same time, I was like in the same moment, like that's Jenny Norback. <laughs> Not buying it. The amount of weird shit that I say, like to other author friends, <laughs> that's just like this is why I have no friends in real life. <laughs> like, <that's it. laughs> yep. Or texting Melody this afternoon to be like. I have to stop texting because somebody is about to get fucked on a boardroom table as part of like an initiation ritual. And (laughs) oh, my God, I was just like, it it only made me want to like speed up time to get here faster tonight. So Nisha has picked a Nikki Sloan book. So, Yeah. yeah, before we jump into that, what what counts as bonkers for you? Like what tips that scale? I have been thinking about this question all day, and I don't know if I have an answer for you. And the reason why is because I cut my teeth on like early romances. I started reading romance when I was, it was the summer after the seventh grade. And I picked up my first Nora Roberts book because I had pretty much blown through all of the romances in the young adult section in my very small Northeast Pennsylvania town. And from there, I moved to like Jane Ann Krentz and Susan Elizabeth Phillips and all of these other like, and then Judith McNaught and some of these older historicals yeah. that can definitely get a little bonkers. And I remember things like, you know, moments where I would be talking to my friends and I was reading a Jane Ann Krentz book and, and I was like, oh yeah, so she lives in this town that's obsessed with alien abductions and the hero comes to this town and he's like a special martial arts expert that no one knows about and I'd be like telling these stories and people would be like are you listening to (laughs) (laughs) and so I think my bonkers meter is is off Mm -hmm. and I read a lot of dark romance too so I feel like Everything is fair game if I find the story compelling and engaging, you know, and there's like, there's some books that are like shock factor books that I, I mean, I don't even count those for bonkers romance because I'm like, the whole purpose of you writing the story is to like, literally freak people out and and you know I'm not into it like there's that moment where there was the dinosaur romances that came out. Yes. (laughs) And it was like 16 pages of like this 
dinosaur that's eight stories tall <laughs> and this like little human and I'm like this does not make sense I'm sorry but at least make it make sense <laughs> and so maybe that's the line that I draw <laughs> but for the most part everything is fair game when it comes to romance for me I like it Okay, we are going to jump into the book, which is The Initiation by Nikki Sloan in just a second when we are back. Oh, hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. All right, we're back. And it's happening. It's it's time. It's here. We're here now. Hello. (laughs) The initiation by Nikki fucking Sloan. Am I about to be initiated? You're going to be initiated. (laughs) I think everyone wants to be initiated after reading about Nikki Sloan's initiation. (laughs) Have you read a Nikki Sloan before, Melody? I haven't. Oh, man. What? I'm going to fix it over hiatus. I know. I know. I know. I'm going to fix it, I promise. You but in the next couple of weeks. for a ride. I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. So the story starts and we have Maris. So I like a Maris. Maris is the protagonist and she is arriving at a big party with her sister, Emily. And they're describing it as like a Gatsby-esque party. We're in like mm. some kind of wealthy East Coast town. East Coasty things are happening. Um, sure, all those East Coasty like things that Jenny is so familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> think like Connecticut, like old money, like uh, hedge fund. Yeah. Guys. Okay, Hork. Yeah. I'm here though. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'm gonna get over my nausea. <laughs> yeah, and so. <laughs> Emily, her sister, and Maris are, like, very close in age. They're, like, 15 months apart. They look very similar, but Emily is, like, the cool, outgoing party sister. And Maris, like, does not really want to be at the party. She has brought a Greek mythology book with her. She's a bit of a wallflower. Her sister is like, does that fit in your bag? Like, you're not going to carry that into the party, are you? She's so, like, yeah, yeah. This is She's who like, I am. It it fits <laughs> in my bag. Like it's fine. <laughs> Maris has dyed her hair green, and it's like doing that faded green thing that it does Ooh. if you like don't keep up with it. So okay. so we've got a bit of a chlorine chic yeah, look going yeah. on, and immediately it's impossible not to fall in love with Nikki Sloan's prose. Like I don't feel this. Mm-hmm with every author that I read like sometimes you're just like yeah. this is a really cracky story but like mm-hmm. 
there's this line on the very first page and it stuck with me because I was like, if I had written this, I would have deleted it. She said her cocktail dress was as black as the limo we were traveling in. And I was like, I would have thought that was a dumb comparison if I was writing it because I would have been like, of course, it's black and black. Like, that's a stupid thing to say, but it's not the way she writes it. It like conveys money and power and prestige. And it's not just a black dress that she's wearing. Right. And or like his tie was as green as his daddy's money. Like Mm -hmm. these descriptions that just like she's got this particular way of really tapping into that atmospheric quality of the scene with like these tiny little simple phrases and I just like love it definitely and I think like the the first chapter sets the stage for the entire book because the way that she writes the story it's like you're immediately like oh as a reader I feel like I can't trust anyone yeah right away I like that yeah and so she goes into this Gatsby-esque party. There's like a dude at the door announcing people. So she's announced oh. as like, you know, she has arrived. Like it's very Indeed. pretentious. So she's kind of doing her obligatory tour of the party. And as she's doing this, you're getting the world building. So we get the exposition that like hail banking this bank that is owned by Royce is the guy's party that they're going to. He's a okay. little bit older than them. He's like 25. I think Maris is 20. I think he's seven years older. Like he's seven years older than Maris. Yeah. And so it's his dad owns Hale Banking and Hale Banking owns the town. Like everything. Everybody works for Hale Banking. They are mm-hmm. like the eighth biggest bank in the world. It's big money, power influence. Then we get the first mention of McAllister Hale. McAllister Hale is not the hero of this book. And yet, okay. the second is he the hero he's of mentioned, your pants? he's the daddy. <laughs> Jenny does this. Like, he's oh. the hero of Jenny's pants. Yeah, this is like mentioning the biggest, baddest, baddest orc. Like, okay. Uh-huh. So at the helm of HBHC sat McAllister Hale. He controlled an enormous empire and was barely 50 years old. I'd only spoken directly to him once. He was tall, broad-shouldered, and handsome, but also the kind of man who made you feel like a nuisance, like you had no business being near him and using up any of the air in the room to breathe because that was his air. It, (sighs) along with everything else, belonged to him. Okay, listen. Wow. She's coming out swinging. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you, for like four books, the series is four books long. I swear to God, I thought he was the hero the whole time. Yeah, it says something about all of us. Tip of the bonkers iceberg. That we're like, does he does he get a book? Question mark. His yeah, he's number four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we we get introduced to the the concept of McAllister Hale, and he sort of hangs over everyone and everybody like he's not at the party but awareness of him is and like Mm. her dad works for him everybody works for him everybody just like does as he says and there's no saying no to McAllister Hale I I very likely would you know so she eventually has like (laughs) satisfied her sister's requirement that she like makes the round of the party and is like fuck this I'm gonna go find somewhere to read until Emily says it's time that we can go home loving so she finds this like office library spot that's empty curls up with her book and starts reading and she gets so engrossed with in her book that she does not notice that somebody is standing staring at her 
Oh, get it. And who has come into the room but <gasps> Royce Hale? Okay. So so this is the part of the story where, like, as the reader, I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to have, like, they're going to have words. And then she's going to be like, I can't forget his eyes. And then, like, that's <laughs> it, right? <laughs> but no, but Nikki Sloan does not do that. Yeah. And she's not... like, you know what? <laughs> Promise of the premise. Let's deliver it in chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. So he has, he's always been kind of mean to her. Like, okay. he is a cocky asshole, and she's like, I'm not gonna, you know, like, he's really good looking, but mm -hmm. I refuse to be attracted to that because he is a dickhead. So, sure. And like, Things we tell ourselves, you know? Years ago, back when I think they were in high school, or she was in high school, maybe he was out of high school, she had, like, gone out to a party with her sister and they'd ended up at this like diner and she overhears him telling somebody else that she's a nobody <gasps> and oh, he Royce her Hale hard saying that she's a nobody is like condemning her socially she has never recovered nobody wants anything to do with her he nobody ruined will date her. her yeah mm -hmm. on purpose yeah. On purpose? <gasps> Wait, is it on purpose because he doesn't want anybody else to touch what is actually his from afar? It might be, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So he's like, what are you doing up here? And she's like, I don't like parties. And he's like, me either. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, your parties yeah. are very well known. And he's like, here. yeah. The bigger the party, the more freedom I had. I wasn't even here half the time. And it's Whoa. this, like, cryptic shit like that where you're like, all is not as it seems, but you don't actually know what's going on. Like, what Indeed. does that mean? Like, the regressed, like, the regressed part of me that, like, I'm very ashamed of, like, was like, oh, intrigue. Like, I'm, in, I'm intrigued Ooh. by this mysterious man uh -huh. who obviously <laughs> is bad for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I identified it. I saw it. I'm like, Nikki, I know what you're doing. And then I'm still here for the ride. <laughs> So. <laughs> and then there's this like Medusa banter because she has green hair and she's reading a mythology book. So he starts kind of teasing her about being Medusa and she snaps at him like, actually, Medusa was once, you know, regarded as being beautiful. It's just mm -hmm. once people saw her as like a raging feminist that they contorted it to her being ugly. And he was like, mm -hmm. I knew that. Do you not think you're beautiful? Like. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't saying that he and he points out that what he was saying is like do you know how long i was standing staring at you before you noticed i was there you turned me to stone <gasps> roy's no oh yeah 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 nikki sloan does this like mythology theme throughout all of these books when it comes up it's like all of a sudden, like, all of my body parts are on high oh, alert. Yeah. 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 Like, McAllister gets compared to Zeus, and every time she does it, I'm like... Because <sighs> we know what Zeus does. And we know uh -huh. what Jenny likes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wait. I got excited, and we missed something important about the setup. Okay. So she's coming to the party with her sister, and it's a big deal because her sister is understood to be, like, promised to Royce Hale. 
that they're what? yeah it's a, it's an important detail that i skipped so there is like Holy an shit. understanding between their families royce's mom died when he was younger and her one desire was that he marry a northcott sister and okay. so it's like this is he is I don't know. For some reason, this is the moment that Emily thinks that he's going to propose. And like, I think she's done with school. It's like, this is going to happen. And so she thinks she's coming to the party for Royce to like kick things off with her. Does Um, Emily think that too, or does only Maris? Emily thinks that. Is Emily into it? Or is she like, Eh, I guess she doesn't really know him. Okay. Yeah. And like the thing about the story is that Emily and Maris are also from this very privileged, like fourth generation, like loads of wealth family. And they understand the expectations that they have as like, you know, single women that are part of this family that, you know, they have to sometimes like keep the wealth amongst like other banking families. Got it. And so like Emily's not into it, And I know Maris was like, didn't understand it either. Mm. And I think that's where some of the intrigue had led to further development that night in the conversation. Okay. (laughs) And so Maris is pushing back on him. Emily was looking for you. Like, did you find my sister? And he eventually is like, I'm not interested in your sister. And she's like, okay, what are you interested in? And he's like, hanging out here in the library with you and she's like getting annoyed because she thinks he's just like toying with bothering her her. yeah and and she so she's like fuck it i'm gonna call his bluff and starts kind of getting flirty of like oh what would we do and he's like i have some ideas and like they just kind of keep one-upping each other where Uh she's now got like her arms around his neck sort of deal and things are escalating And she admits to him that she is a virgin. And this comes out through the, like, Medusa banter, where he says something about she's in a white dress. And he's like, you know, it's not very Medusa. Medusa wasn't a virgin. And she's like, well, I'm not Medusa. And he, like, cannot believe that she is untouched, if you will. And so she's like, he's kind of giving her a hard time of like, how is that possible? Sure. And she's, and she's like, because you happened to me, you asshole. Yeah. You know, basically. And she's like, well, maybe I'm not into guys. And he's like, bullshit. And he starts describing like your eyes are dilated, you know, you're breathing. And he's like, and I bet oh. if I put my hand up your skirt right now, I would find you wet. And she's oh, like, boy. she's basically like, do it. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I plan to. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And, like, this is where, like, I'm like, no, no, no. She's not going to do it. She's not going to go there. And she goes She there. does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so they kiss, and it's very nice. Oh, okay. Hang on. <clears throat> Royce's kiss wasn't a $300 bottle of champagne you could sip. It was a shot of the cheapest whiskey you could get your hands on and had to take as quickly as possible. He invaded my senses. His taste stormed past my lips, seared against my tongue, and burned all the way down my throat. Was he the prince of fire? His kiss ravaged and consumed. Like, God oh, damn it, shit. Nikki Sloan. Nikki He's Sloan. not like a refined freaking bottle of wine. No, he is a dirty, dirty man. That is what she's saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it when they're dirty. Oh, oh yeah. no. 
Yeah. And so he so he kisses her and they are like kissing and touching. And he tells her that he wants to fuck her under this white dress. I want to uh-huh, see your uh-huh. red lipstick smeared all over my dick. Would you okay. like that? Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, I I don't know. Like <laughs> Right. This is coming out of nowhere for me. Like, is is she still confused in her inner monologue? She yeah, she can't well, she knows that she's like attracted to him, but she I mean doesn't yeah. understand what kind of game he's playing. She doesn't know if she likes him, but she's curious enough about sex that she's sort of like, screw it. Why would right, I right, not? Right. Yeah, she, like I like, can't she stop wants myself. To, like, yeah, she's like not tied to virginity as an entity or a thing, like yeah. or a concept. Great. Like she just wants to know what it's like, and she's now addicted to this kiss. Yeah. And and like he then like he they like proceed even further and then there's is this, this fingering? moment that what what does proceed even further mean I'll I'll I'll, I'll pass it back to Jenny <laughs> <laughs> is it nipple play is it fingering what's happening he... is she sitting on his face Jenny no <laughs> you no, have to tell me something no okay well all right here's the erotic part he like starts okay. kissing across the back of her shoulders yes and he's like yep. this is my favorite part of a woman. And she is caught up in the idea that, like, of course he wouldn't. It's like he wants her, like, vulnerable and this point where he can control her. And Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. 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 It's like right before the werewolf bites the back of your neck, man. Yeah. And so he does finger bang her to completion. Yes. And from behind? Yes. Yeah. 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 He's got her, like, facing, like, right up against the Mm. bookcase. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. You yeah. smell the old books while he's fingering you? And That's he's erotic. like fingering her and he's like, are you sure you're a virgin? Because the way you're writing my hand sure doesn't seem like it. Oh, boy. No, yeah. she's just a natural, Royce. Shut the fuck up. And she's up. like, yes, like, I'm going to do this. Like, she's not even like, there's no shame. Yes. I, like, I think that's the hard part for me with like certain romance novels like dark romance Completely. novels that have similar setups like there's always some sort of an element of shame but nikki sloan never like had introduced a shame i love, no. I love that <laughs> and so he referring to her pussy is like yes. i want this give it to um, me yeah and she's like mm-hmm. all right and he goes wait for me like you're but you're gonna wait for when? me, uh-huh. and then he are you leaving fucking, the room? What's he fucks happening? off. He leaves. He leaves. He just like with, leaves her like without that. a backward glance. Fucking Mm-mm. just fucks off to the party. Oh my god, what a power move! I hate it. Oh, I hate it. A I love mother it. I hate fucking it. year later. No, how fucking oh, yeah. dare you? What? One year One later. One year later. That's where the book starts. She has Royce. not seen Royce in a year after he says, wait but for me. But he's gone out with her sister. Yep. Okay. This, mm, how, I don't know how you're going to get me back, Nikki. I feel like you're gonna because you're yeah. a master at what you do. But like everyone's on thin ice right now. Yeah. And so a year later, uh, everybody in Maris's household is in chaos because Emily is puking her guts up. She has food poisoning. And Royce oh, and McAllister are showing up for a lunch that McAllister has decreed. They have something important to discuss. They think it's related to Maris's dad getting this promotion to the board that he feels that he is due for. Sure. So it's like a big deal. And like telling McAllister that Emily is ill is not 
not an acceptable excuse. He's like, well, she's got time to pull herself together. Like, that's, I don't care if she's puking. Zeus. Like, we're, we're coming to yeah. lunch. Like, Was lunch it? is happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he says, like, McAllister says, like, then she can join us after we eat. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He, All right. And so he, Maris has to come down and sort of fill in for her sister, Emily. And, and they've been dating. They I'm went on a date. From you. No, they okay. went on a date. And so McAllister, like, won't give Maris the time of day. He doesn't shake her hand. He's just like, where's the other one? And then is like, oh. she can come down after lunch. And they do their lunch. And at this lunch, he announces that it is Royce and not her father who is getting the seat on the board. So her family he does is kind that of in his house, freaking the fuck out. But not only that, he he lets them know. McAllister tells them that Royce would like to ask for Emily's hand in marriage. That they are going to get married because that is what McAllister like. What McAllister says is is law. He is Zeus. I hate so, it. Kill it with fire. Yeah. Oh, it gets even better. So oh, he's no. like. Go. They're like, don't you think she should be here for this? And he's like, then go and get her. So oh, Maris has to like drag a, like get Emily to like put some clothes on and come down. And wait, like, wait. And is there is there any sort of inner monologue like you know locking stairs? What is happening between Maris and Royce? Royce is like not moving. He is just like he looks bored. Yeah. Oh, he looks bored. He doesn't even look like chagrined or like not no. moving. <gasps> oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. And so McAllister now is like gracious to Emily to, to the degree that McAllister is gracious to anybody and like goes to shake her hand. And Emily does vomit all over his yes! hand. Yeah. Which is like. Like hit their mom the is stuff. screaming. Like people start freaking out. She has just. <laughs> he deserved it puked on Zeus so it's like chaos the mom goes the mom and dad go to help there's like cleaning up and she gets left alone in the room with Royce and Royce is sort of smug and is like bet you a hundred bucks she's pregnant <gasps> and she's like no my sister would tell me and he's like go check and McAllister comes in while this is happening and he's like what the fuck like she's pregnant so Maris goes and asks and Sure enough, Emily says she's late. And so she comes back and McAllister is like, well, that's unacceptable. Like, I was worried about this when you first said it, but then you said food poisoning yeah. because you were going to throw me off yes. and you did throw me <laughs> off and now we're here. Who, <laughs> whose is it? Did they fuck? Did he fuck her sister, Jenny? No. no. It is not Royce's. It's like her okay. professors, her married professors. Fair enough. Yeah. Good for her. Good, good. Go get it, Emily. <laughs> and so... McAllister is like, okay, well, then we need the other one. Like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, switch him out. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We just need a Northcott sister. And so there, she kind of balks and he's like, let me just lay this out for you. Your family is like financially ruined. They are bankrupt. Your parents have been like digging the debt hole deeper. The house is about to be foreclosed on. I'm going to fire your dad. You guys are going to be out on the streets. You're going to lose your fourth generation rich people house. <gasps> unless you marry Royce. Lizzie, you will marry him. <laughs> and like, this is like my favorite part of the entire book. This one scene, because like in this moment, like 
like heroines fight or flight yeah and like Maris digs in her heels and she's like what do you want and he's like I want you to marry my uh, my son and we'll forgive the mortgage your dad will keep his job but all of his finances are going to be managed by someone I mean obviously that's the that's the correct answer so instead of being like fine she goes I have a counteroffer. Yes, yes, yes. I love a counteroffer. Like, nobody negotiates with McAllister. Yeah. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I just need to make something clear really quick. When I said that's the right answer, I meant somebody else handling his finances, not the initial offer. No. <laughs> no, yeah. And like, that's the moment when you see like, oh my gosh, okay, Maris is not just the younger sister yeah. who's just, you know, whatever. No. Like she's actually the brains of the entire operation yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. no one really understands. It's like the first glimmer of that because she she's like, my counter offer is everything that you said plus $10 million. Get it. <laughs> but she like the way she does it, she like says it all. And he McAllister like sneers at her and is like, that's the exact thing that I just offered. And she goes, and $10 million. There we like, go. Oh, and her parents are like, oh. <laughs> like everyone is like, it's like if you could have a camera in the middle of that dining table, the long dining table yeah, yeah, that yeah. people have in their home. It's like. Like, I can imagine it just, like, seeing, like, panning faces of just shocked expressions. Like, that was going on in my head, (laughs) like, the whole time. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And she's like, this this needs to happen if you think that I'm going to help your son. (laughs) Yeah. So she sets it up. I have something you want. It's called (laughs) my ovaries. So, like, you're gonna pay for them. And so she yeah. negotiates with him. Like they go back and forth where at first he's just like, no. And then he's like $500,000 and they go back and forth and back and forth until she gets him to $5 million. I was going to say, do they end at $5 million? I they make so. a deal and he's like, fine, but you have to receive the approval of the board. Like you have to go through an initial interview with the board. And if the board approves you as his, because the Royce is getting the seat on the board and that's why he needs a wife because like the wife has to approve be approved by the board rich people are so fucking weird it doesn't matter what time time you're in oh this is just like we're not even at the tip of the ice we're like the shavings at the top (laughs) of the iceberg like that's where we are okay and and meanwhile is royce also like is he is he proud of her so royce smiles at this point and yes, she's yes, surprised. Yes, yes, and then he fucking locks it down and mm. and is like, fine. Like, either Northcott's sister is fine with me. I don't really care. And she's like, what the fuck, bro? Like, I don't. Okay, fine. Yeah, you did finger me to completion a year ago. You told What's me to wait for you. I yeah. have not been sexually satisfied by another partner in a year or ever. Oh, no. So was that because mm-hmm. he wait, she he wanted her to wait for him or is it just because because of him she didn't have any opportunities? I mean, I think the last year is because she waited for him. Like <gasps> yeah. She sort of couldn't help herself. Oh, so makes me a then bit sad. She goes to the kitchen to gather herself and then yeah. he is allowed a moment to like come in and exchange phone numbers with her and <sighs> And he's completely different, like completely. He's normal with her and is like, are you okay?" And she's like, what the fuck? You just said either sister was fine. And he's like, I was protecting you. There isn't time for this. 
So it gets very, we get a little weird again. Like, what is going yeah. on here? Like, what does I'm that mean? I'm digging the mystique. Like, you can't trust anyone. Like, that's the best part of this. Like, I can't trust Royce. I can't trust McAllister. And half the time, I feel like Maris to know something that, like, no one else knows. <gasps> and so as the reader, like, I was reading this book, like, completely engrossed yeah. the whole time because of this. It's like, who has the secret? Yeah. <laughs> and and he lets on, like, I have as much say in this as you do, which to her seems ridiculous because she's like, mm-hmm. I, you have all the power here. So No, I mean, that seems that seems right. Like, sorry, from what you've told Zeus, me, that Zeus seems right. Swinging his dick Yeah, around. Zeus is going to Zeus, man. Yeah, so now she is engaged to Roy. Well, she she's not officially engaged. They're moving forward. She has to get the board's approval. <laughs> so then there's a quick scene where she has to take her, like, great or great or great, great, I don't know, a fucking grandmother's special necklace that was, like, given as a special, it's a family Rich people stuff. happy yeah. thing. Yeah. She has to take it to an appraiser because the family needs, like, money to survive until she sure. hopefully gets this $5 million. And so she's really sad about it. Her mom, like, refuses to go because she's like, it's too real. And she's like, what the fuck? Why am I the only one in this the situation? garbage. Wow. Who, like, yeah. can lock it down. And then she gets sent for a makeover with a character named Alice, who is McAllister's wife. It is his second wife after the first wife passed away. So she has like a makeover scene where they take her to the salon, they fix her green hair, they make it a normal color, they wax her, make her up, give her a new wardrobe, fix her social media accounts. Yeah, she's about to marry the vampire, so she has to get all buffed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then she goes to lunch with Royce and he admits that he knew exactly what he was doing when he called her a nobody and that he knew she was standing there and that she was going to overhear it and he knew (gasps) that it meant nobody was going to touch her and he's not fucking sorry about it oh shit did it on purpose what does she say what does she do to that is it a nut kick no, it is a very confusing, like, this is fucked, but also hot, kind of hot. Hot, hot. Yeah. It would be a sexy nut kick, yeah. if I'm being honest. But, you know, sexy yeah. for her, maybe yeah. not for him. Depends on what he's into. I read it, and I was like, that's a dick move, but that's a hot dick move. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this yeah. exchange of, like, she calls him cocky, and he's like, it's only cocky if I can't back it up. And, like, it's, yeah. And then... She sort of asks him, what did you mean by you were protecting me? She's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, if I show an interest in something, he might want to take it away. That McAllister has to assert his authority. And so if he gives away that he is, in fact, interested in Maris beyond just like it being what he's supposed to Mm -hmm. do, then McAllister might want to take her away and maris interprets this as sever like the engagement situation oh no maris no. is naive enough to be like oh he's not gonna let me marry royce oh mm. the rest of us mm. are going like take her away no that's t- that's not how zeus rolls maris yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah then he tells her like we can't talk about this at lunch. Come home with me. So 
Oh, she okay. she does go home with him, but he still lives in his father's house. Rich home people with me stuff. Yeah, is a, his room. She discovers he has a cat named Lucifer. It's very cute. Love it. Loving that so much. He tells her about the like necessary duality of his life. That like, hey, if there are other people mm-hmm. around and I'm a really big dick to you, it's not real. Trust this. I will be honest with you when it's just us but I'm going to have to be shitty to you sometimes and you're going to have to figure out how to deal with this. Wow. And it's like, it's one of those things where you hear it and you know it's foreshadowing, but at the same time, you don't really, and this is like the genius behind Nikki Sloan's writing. Mm. Like she drops pieces throughout the entire book and they all come together in the 11th hour. <gasps> so it's like, okay, this makes sense. And all she has to do is just trust him. Yeah. But like, even you as the reader, as you're reading, you're like, no way. There's no way he's like, he's saying this just to like, throw people off like he actually truly means this against Maris Mm. and like you don't you don't know like who to believe you yourself in addition to what Maris is saying so like this moment is pivotal whenever there's like the issue of trust and mythology that come up like those are like key moments that give you insight into like the progression of the story so it's really like well done like a layered well done bonkers romance I mean I believe it (laughs) Her name is Nikki Sloan, and we will bow down to her. (laughs) So then Maris is like, like, I'm in your room. You fucking owe me. I have held off for a year. Give me an orgasm. Give me an O. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so he does. He's like, you're right. I do. And so he. Here's your O. (laughs) He finger bangs her again. I'm. It, it is a good finger bang. I feel okay. that after a year of waiting, at least it, cunnilingus it should, be, cunnilingus. should yeah. be on the table. Let's but be honest. He doesn't. <sighs> and so then she... But like in the second read through, I understood why. Hmm. Because like, like there's this element of prolonged gratification that exists in the book. Because Ooh. the last 30% of the book is just like... It's like everything you've been waiting for. <gasps> nice. So. <laughs> so she starts giving Royce a hand job. It is her, it's her second hand job, but the first didn't go well. So it's kind of cute. He's like telling her how hard to grip it. And yeah, like, hand jobs are kind of hard. Like it's, it's and, a weird and thing. They're, they're subjective, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing. And so then McAllister knocks on the door and walks in, in the middle of it. <gasps> and... He he makes her, like, stand and twirl so he can inspect her makeover that has been done to make sure it is, like, to his satisfaction. Wait, did he see dick out? Like, was it a dick no. out situation? Or did Royce, they manage like, to button it up? Royce, like, throws her off, yanks his pants up, and puts a cushion over his erection. And okay. she is sort of left, like, on the floor in a disheveled mess. It's not great. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, she's twirling. Yeah, and so he sort of approves her makeover, and then she is sent home. That is the end of that. Royce Good. Like, walks her down to her car. Good. You didn't deserve an orgasm, Royce. Okay? Yeah. You didn't yeah. deserve it. You can wait, you motherfucker. All right, I'm going <laughs> to blow through some stuff because we need time 
for what's Kay. coming. Okay, what tell me everything. There's like a middle piece that, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Blowing through plot points, she does interview prep with Alice for this interview that she has to do with the board. So Alice is like teaching her about each of the board members. There is a scene in which Royce doesn't know how to drive, so she's going to teach him to drive. Okay. So, I mean, it's sort of another McAllister control thing. He's always had drivers. And if he doesn't know how to drive himself, he can't go off and do things without McAllister knowing. And so she's teaching him to drive and he almost crashes the car and they have this sort of... I almost died moment and she's like i don't want to die a virgin fuck me yeah and so they get in the back of her car and he's resistant he's like what's your hurry and she's like are you kidding me like <laughs> i have waited Says the this person long. who's had sex before what's Why your you hurry how dare you such a big deal and so he's sort of a dick about wait, it wait, but, it's but what of... nisha oh yeah but there is finger banging in the scene like he does give it to her but he takes her hymen. He like quotes. Yeah. He like okay. goes he like one finger and it's like kind of hard. And then sure. he goes like a second finger. And then she's sort of like hesitating and being like, oh, I don't know. Stop. And then he just like fucking rams three fingers in there and there's like blood. And he's like, I wanted to make your first time less traumatic. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, that that seems pretty traumatic on its own. It, but right she's now. also but way, kind of like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, it's sex. It's Why said, would it be traumatic? It's, like, <gasps> it's more like foreboding Why would than it be anything. Traumatic? Yeah. So he does it. So it's like, and the way he says it, it's like, this is mine. This is just ours. And I wanted to make it so that your first time won't be as traumatic. Oh, shit. <laughs> That is like, that is the way it's like positioned. So it's one of those moments where it's like, oh, that's sweet. Wait a minute. What did he say? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just keep reading. (laughs) So then her, her mom is like hiding the mail to hide all the bills and whatever her mom, they have no money. And her mom went the day before and like spent $5,000 on a purse because she was stressed it's, it's those scenes are always hard for me to read where the parents things are just i cannot like, handle oh it's hard be a fucking grown-up yeah yeah and so then you know it's sort of she's like fights with her mom is trying to sort through the mail emily comes in and is like why aren't you talking to me and she's basically like i can't deal with you right now you didn't tell me what was going like i just i can't do this and then emily is like okay, but you need to know something about Royce in order to get his seat on the board. He has to fuck you in front of the board. What? She has, like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Her friend was babysitting for one of the board members, and his wife was wasted, and they were fighting, and she screamed at him about how, like, that that is the initiation onto the board. (gasps) And... This is... Listen, I... I feel like Chase Bank doesn't work like this, you know? <laughs> Just like my bank, the one I go to, I feel like he can't. Don't tell you me know? that, Melody. Let me have my I fantasies. I the wrong career moves. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, all right. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> she has her interview with the board, and okay. she's sort of nervous. This and is intense. As she's going in, yeah. Roy- Royce can't go in with her, but as she's going in, he's like, you'll be fine, you have an ace in the hole. And she's like, what the fuck does that mean? 
And so she goes in and it's initially sort of general questions. And I think there's like nine board members. McAllister is there. And they start asking her about her sex life. Like this, this interview is intense. It's like, uh, what kind of birth control are you on? What's the brand of the birth control? Like, you know, what kind of sexual activity have you engaged in? Like, is it oral? Is it like, like, is it, you know, just like fingering? Is it, you oh know, my gosh. sexual contact? It is very intense and then it comes out that they love virginity don't they they love it they love it it was like they started like drooling you could see like this boardroom of men just it was disgusting okay wait wait my favorite (laughs) detail is her only other like date sexual experience whatever was with a guy that she went to prom with and it Mm -hmm. didn't really turn into anything but the guy's dad is on the board. So when he's like asking names of like, who are the two people that you've had any kind of experience with? It's his son. Yeeps. Mm-hmm. And then they're still like, but no, like specifically, what have you done? And then they're like, you've never done oral. And they are delighted because they are a bunch and of dirty perverts. Like- Ew. Totally. And my favorite detail of this entire scene where I was like, Nikki Sloan, you genius. Like they go, do you masturbate? And she's like, yes. And she's uncomfortable. And she's like, kind of like, she has like a moment. Right. And they're like, how often? And she looks them straight in the eye. Like her, you see her shoulders straighten back and she like tilts her chin up and she's like every day. Daily, bitches. (laughs) Walks out. (laughs) But the one mistake she does make is McAllister Mm kind of gets her riled up. And at one point she slips and lets on that she waited a year for Royce. And now McAllister knows that there was something between them and she has waited for him and that there is, you know, he has always intended to take her virginity and that it's like Mm -hmm. a thing between them. And so she has kind of exposed their underbelly. So Oh, shit. Oh, no, not to McAllister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like this is the second moment where she also has like a like head to head with McAllister. So you see McAllister's interest in her start to rise. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, she's she more up than he him. anticipated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He underestimated her, that bastard. Okay. So oh, no. it's party time. She is okay. in the fancy red dress. It is yeah. the night that things are going down. She now knows okay. that things going down means... Royce is going to fuck her in front of the board. So, but she, Royce has not discussed this with her, like hasn't been mentioned. Seems like um, you should warn a person. And there's a piece, there's a piece that's missing that, that Royce and no one else knows about <laughs> that she finds out. Yeah. Oh my God. So, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm on okay. The but first he... So she, like, goes into a room with him, and he is nervous. He's in his tux. He looks really good, but he's, like, being weird, and, like, she kind of knows why. And so he gives her her great-great-grandmother's necklace that he went and bought from the appraiser, which is very sweet, and she is very very emotional about this. And then he's like, okay, (laughs) now that I've given you the fancy jewelry, (laughs) let me tell you what's going to happen. And she's like, I already know. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but, and they're still talking when McAllister comes in (gasps) with the board. 
And they're like, all right, let's do the thing. And so and Royce is like, I didn't finish telling her. <clears throat> okay so are you okay. ready wait wait this wait. is the so, part i like, need you to set the scene for me are they like in a circle are they all sitting down what's happening they have sat her at a seat with okay. a contract in front of her that's okay. like an nda-esque contract of like, i mean there make has it clear to be an nda to this. jesus um, fucking Lord. and they're all like looming over her as she um, reads this like, that sounds like a thing they would do it's like a ritual too. It's like the lighting is right. The room is the same room that everything happens. And then he starts by telling the history of like Hale Bank and how it was really like the original like founder. He was just a figurehead and it was his wife that basically ran everything. And his wife could not get pleasure with her husband. So she used the board to fulfill that part of her like like the the part that she wanted yeah. and that that tradition has <laughs> come down Morphed a bit but is similar so what you're telling me is um, sort when of. the founder so, wait 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 okay wait. the founder was like incapacitated he had like a stroke mm-hmm. and was incapacitated cool. and so she uh-huh. kept the bank going for that year and so the mm-hmm. board thanked her by performing the duties that her husband could not Ah, and was it initiation at that point or was it just like unclear? Unclear. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the contract, it's it basically says that like each board member also gets to sort of evaluate her. And she's like, what does that mean? Yeah. And and McAllister kind of, you know, tries to dissemble his way through it. it And Royce is like, no, like tell her. And so with their hands and mouths. They get to <gasps> evaluate, evaluate her. <gasps> Holy shit balls. What? And so she's like freaking out. And she eventually realizes that like McAllister is the biggest hurdle for her. Yeah. So she's like, well, I'll do think? this, but you're sitting it out. Like you're going to make Royce your proxy and he's going to take the chairman's seat tonight. McAllister is not allowed to participate. And I love her. So McAllister is like... And he they they lead the whole thing by being like, you're in control here. You can stop this at any time. Okay, like it is. She does have right of refusal and she can stop it and leave. So but that also means that she loses everything. It would fail. No more five million. No more family save. No more. And so he agrees. And and he's like, well, fine, but I'm going to (laughs) watch. So and they, direct and direct and direct, direct? Yeah. and so they they make her get naked. Like Royce oh. strips her dress off in front of this room of tuxedo. And it's like men. a thing. It's like I'm watching. I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my god, Nikki's gonna do it. Nikki's gonna do it. Is and like I'm texting it? Joanna Shoup. Yeah. I'm texting Katie Roberts. Yeah. You gotta I'm text texting, everyone you know. Like Andy Christopher. I'm texting literally all like holy shit, Nikki Sloan is doing it. Like, this is actually happening in a book. And so these are like, these are like 50-year-old silver foxes kind of situation. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yep. Okay. All right. I'm I'm here. So now she is naked. They lay her down on the table. And McAllister is sort of like, are you comfortable? And she has the the sort of hysterical laughter moment. Like, no. (laughs) 
and <laughs> and he's you... like, get her a pillow. And no! she's like, that's not that's not the issue here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you though. I guess. And then <laughs> and then the the like I guess it's the eight plus McAllister, like the eight board members, like assume their positions around the table and like hold her down they're like holding no. arms body they're holding her legs yeah. open like by the inner thighs and okay royce takes the chair at the head of the table wait and is then, that at her head or her pussy it's at her pussy okay yeah i figured that and was the head we were it talking clicks about for her that like this would have been McAllister's role had she not made him go out of the picture like this is Royce stepping into what McAllister would have been doing and wait 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 so, wait is McAllister sitting at her pussy or is Royce Royce is so, but if but she that's the chairman's position yeah. he's okay. taking proxy because she didn't want McAllister to have that much control yeah, I support in the that. boardroom at that time yeah Okay. Um, yeah. So they pull out like an hourglass and they're like, okay. each board member gets a minute. <gasps> no. And the chairman Incredible. gets to go first and last. So okay. that would have been McAllister going first and last, but now it's Royce. What an absolute genius. And this so hot genius is. She has never experienced oral, and Royce does put his tongue Good. on her clitoris. Good. And she likes it. And then McAllister calls time and he has to stop and he gives her this look that's like, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all rotate one spot. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm here. here. The best part about it is like she writes about each board member with her. And yes! the reaction that she's having and how, like, at one point she has to, like, hold back her orgasm <gasps> because one of the board members is good at almost it. made her come. Yeah. I think it was her prom date's dad who's good at it. Yeah. I mean, And he's, enough. like, he the last one before Royce and she's just, like, on the edge. And yeah, Royce yeah, yeah. is kind of, like, looking. Like, she's maintaining eye contact with Royce through, like, all of this when she can uh-huh. manage to keep her eyes open. Yeah. And then, like, Royce finally calls time because McAllister okay. hasn't done it fast enough when the hourglass <gasps> went. <laughs> yeah, because McAllister's hoping she she goes before Royce gets there. Yeah. What a mm-hmm. devious and then, asshole. So, like, he even like well he was directing the all of these scenes like he's like he's like uh, like oh are is that not good enough and he'll tell the board member like soften it up make her like it yeah like one of them sort of vacuum suctions her clitoris and she kind of reacts and McAllister is like are you not enjoying that and she's like oh it's a little hard and he's like make it softer for her look you know what I don't want to be in this position but this is hot Okay. <laughs> God damn it, Nikki Sloan. Like it? I'm oh, not. Yeah. I love it though. And I just need. I just need to be transparent with listener. This is hot, and there's no way around <laughs> it. Oh no! It is the classic moment, and for some reason, for me, them mm-hmm. all shifting one position. Yeah. Just like something clicked in my brain, and I was like, "Is this allowed?" I got pressure. Like you're yeah, reading yeah. it going like, are you allowed to write this? Because it's working <laughs> for me. But also like how who gave Nikki Sloan permission? She <laughs> gave it to herself. Oh, my she God. has fucking balls. And oh, I oh, yeah. bow down. Amazing. <laughs> OK. And Wait, so, so now we've gone Royce through all gets eight her board off. members. And we're back and to Royce. Royce. 
Hello, Royce. Yeah. Royce does manage to make her orgasm. There we go. And then he starts to take his tuxedo off. And okay. important note for Jenny, he is wearing suspenders and he oh, takes them very off. very important point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he gets naked and he then he does deflower her in front of the board. Fair enough. He is does... it missionary only? Like, is it is it just a ceremonial one yes. position situation? Okay. Yeah. It is. And it is quick. Yeah. And he's told her, he told her beforehand, like, I'm going to make it quick in there. What happens in there is not our first time. Like, right. that's no, just, there will be a first time that's for us, but I'm going to do what what has to be done, but no more. Like, we're, I'm going to make it quick and it's going to be done. Yeah. But like the good part about this, like that really made me like stand to attention while I was reading uh-huh, it, uh-huh. is that like, she likes it and she does not care that people are watching her. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. And like McAllister is watching and like Nikki makes a comment that like to make sure the reader knows that this man, this like person who has been put into this silver fox, like sexual position, like sexual role in the whole story is watching all like Zeus is watching a like something that Zeus wants. Wow. And she won't let him have her. (laughs) What happens now? Yeah. What could possibly happen? uh... Oh, it's okay. So you pick a book too, because this is what happens. The board leaves them to get dressed and clean themselves up. He's kind of checking on her. She's Mm. checking on him. It's clear like they're okay as a couple. Shit is weird, but they're okay. They now have to go down to the party where their engagement is going to be announced. Um, (sighs) And his seat on the board is going to be announced. And so they go down to the kitchen and Alice like dismisses Royce. She's like, fuck off. I need to talk to her. Oh, Um, I like Alice. And is like, are you okay? Like, she checks on her, and she's not really supposed to take this role, but she does it anyway. And Alice does what she wants. God yeah. damn it. And then so Royce says he has to go do board stuff and, at the party, and his family has a maze on the property. So oh he's my like, God, of course they do. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. A labyrinth. He's like, oh, meet, meet me in the center <laughs> in 45 minutes. And when she gets there, he gets down on one knee with a ring and he proposes, and it is By very romantical. Oh, I don't remember if they fuck again or not. I don't think they do, or I would remember it. On her way back to Royce at the party. Someone else does, though. Yeah, she <laughs> sees Alice fucking Royce's brother, Vance. Get it, Alice. So that is drama. And then McAllister makes her dance with him. She I has a it. dance with McAllister. Kill and the fire. he lets her know, like, sure, you won that and you got out of two minutes with me, but all you've done is Seems make like you me woke want the beast. more than two minutes with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, so he says, I'm coming for you. <gasps> That's basic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. The trade-off that that was made when she got McAllister to let Royce be his proxy and mm. like not be part of the initiation ritual yeah. mm-hmm. is that she has to live in their house for the next year until she's oh. married to Royce. Jesus fuck. So he's like like not only does he is he like informing her that he's coming for her but like she's going to be living under his roof. Wait, but Nikki Sloan would never write a rapey Zeus, right? 
Oh God, there's so much <laughs> silence that just happened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Nikki Sloan she writes can talk a me into Zeus. anything. Oh no. Like, well, the thing is, like, Nikki Sloan writes a Zeus where you want Zeus to be the hero. Like, yeah. Royce is great, but McAllister is yeah. the real. You have to keep in mind that, like, I don't know. McAllister is the reason that we got your dad will do. Like, McAllister no. inspired Shane. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. All right. You've just got to trust Nikki Sloan. Um, I mean, yeah. With everything Let I Let me tell have. you, after this book, I messaged her so freaking fast. And I was like, if they don't bang, I'm going to be really upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so, like, there's loose ends at the the end of the book and we whatever and then it's like it's a cliffhanger McAllister has Is put it? together a prenup and he wants Royce to come and discuss it with him and Maris and when this is happening he makes them they both say that it's like not a love match that it's just sex and politics for them because okay. they're trying to and he's like okay then you won't care if I take her yeah. and so he puts Royce in the position of either admitting how much he loves her mm -hmm. or, like, giving marital rights to to McAllister. Not just, like, giving it. It's, like, for 100,000 shares, mm -hmm. I want Maris. Would you do it? And then the worst part is, like, Royce, like... Thinks about it. Like, Royce, like, pauses, and she's like, don't do this. And then McAllister like catches that. He's like, just sex, huh? Just just sex and politics, huh? And like he catches it. And Royce is like, <laughs> Royce is like, yes. Yeah, Royce agrees. <laughs> what? Wait, yeah. no, wait. Yeah, Royce takes wait. the deal. And that's how the book ends. <laughs> yeah. But wait, and, how is okay, his deal to make? Wait a wait. second. Because it's is his a... it's his wife. McAllister no! focused on his son, his gaze moving from the tense fist up to meet his eyes. You'll continue your engagement and see it through the marriage. Everyone will believe she's your wife, and she will be, but in name only. When we're here, she'll be mine. His eyes were terrifying as he flexed his power, not yours. And like McAllister has decided ah! that it is so. And and Maris is sort of like you. She's like, no, this is not a thing. And Roy uh McAllister is like, everybody has their price. We just learned what Royce's was. <gasps> and he's like, I'm gonna find yours. Because like he's not just gonna take her, he's gonna like like make he's her. He's gonna make want her want him. him. Yeah. Is that book three? Course, is that book three? Nisha. No, don't tell course, me. No, don't tell I'm me. I'm sitting here like is this like a Rysand situation where like you yeah. think you've got the hero in the first book and yeah. it's really like, and you think he's the villain and he's it's like, Royce it's Tamlin? What's happening? It's, it's very confusing. Oh but my God. But you have to read on to find out. Holy shit stick, man. Yeah. And like the best part about it is that there are certain questions that she drops in book one yeah. that are answered in books two and three. No. Oh my God. And you don't even know they're open questions no. until she addresses them. Well, and we've very much portrayed Royce as, like, he's the hero and he loves her and he takes care of her. And, like, he does, but there is a whole other side to him. And it's really not clear at the end of this book whether, like, why he has just made that deal with McAllister. Mm hmm Oh, my it's gosh. It's fucking bonkers. This is bonkers! <laughs> like, yeah. who 
who in like sat all there the best ways when Nikki Sloan was writing and was like, yeah, you can do that. <gasps> Nikki do Sloan that. doesn't get permission from fucking anyone. No. So like from what I understand, and I don't want to speak for Nikki, but like when we were talking about it, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I told her like, like you did all this stuff, but like, you know, X, Y, Z. And she's like, well, my, my like beta readers told me that it was too much and made me pull it back from the original what and i was like i want those drafts i can i be her beta reader and i would like to have a word with your beta readers melody (laughs) melody apply beta reader question mark (laughs) like and like i remember like us having like just a very brief conversation and she's like i wrote my id like i wrote to my id hot and like that that is what makes this book I think so incredibly amazing because like the whole concept of like writing to your id from writers is like you think of all the things that you absolutely love and like you write to them like you you include them like mazes and mythology and whatever right and there's this whole theme of chess that happens after like when she moves into their house so like and chess and so like and and those are things that like you can see that the author loves but like, if you have those same things on your id list, like that's when you get the super fans. And the thing is like her id list is so clear. Like her list of like, this is what I love about characters and romance and bonkers yeah, yeah, yeah. situations is so crystal clear. It's so hard not to read it and be like, actually, I love that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like- right. Yeah. She like makes <laughs> it safe for you to also be like, yeah, I'm into this. Like, yes. like you were saying earlier, Melody, we were like, I don't like it, but I love it. But I love it. Yes. I love every moment of it. I kind of yes. don't know what to do with myself. And I am flabbergasted. Listen, here's the thing, though. Nikki, I know that you were just like chomping at the bit to get my application, but I can't. I can't <laughs> actually apply because I would never tell you it's too much. It would never happen. <laughs> I can't be a this is why people I don't. can't be actually, trusted. <laughs> I feel like I was about to say this is why people don't send me shit to Batery, but they no. do when they want to be given permission. When it's like, is this too far? And they know I am literally never going to tell them it's too far i'm probably gonna be like i mean it's like a little murdery but it could be That's more like, murdery yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. yeah it's a ride i am oh my god <laughs> listen the i'm i'm gonna say it the temple members have seen a different side of me on video because i i have just been mouth agape most of this episode <laughs> i have had to drink so much water because I, my mouth is just so dry from being open holy fuck balls when it's a head fuck because yeah it is normal but like there's just these little hints yeah. where the flags go up as you're reading and you're like, wait, what is that's not hang on. Are we? Yeah. Aren't we? Who can I trust? What is going on? Like you yeah. can't trust anyone. Like from the first chapter, you cannot trust anyone. And at the same time, like you want you want them. <laughs> I just drooled. <laughs> it happens. It's Nikki Sloan's fault. We'll let her know. Yeah. All right, aftercare. Oh. <laughs> I need oh a cigarette. <laughs> I, uh, I I so uh 
I recommend like a follow-up for a follow-up read after reading all of these books in this Filthy Rich Americans series that Nikki has written to go to her Blindfold Club series. <gasps> mm-hmm. Okay. So have you read her Blindfold Club series? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So her Blindfold, the setup for it is that it is a club specifically for wealthy 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 patrons that is like behind a wine shop and the concept of the club is that these women enjoy sex they enjoy like making money with sex they have specific interests and they like the idea that of the concept of this club where you're basically like tied to a table yep. you have a blindfold on okay there's a woman or someone in the room with you security cameras everything is very safe so you're safe and the woman is who's with you is negotiating your price with whoever walks in oh golly and there's six books in Nikki the blindfold fucking slow and melody how yeah. does that even come you. out of a person's brain she's a yeah. goddess And it's like, and there's like codes, like my favorite part is that like there's codes, right? So it's like, if the person who's negotiating for you mentions sports, the person who's walked in is very attractive. If the person who mentions weather, they're like, okay. Uh And if the person mentions like traffic, like terrible. It's a (laughs) no-go. So, so that's like the setup, right? And the first book is like this person who's in desperate need of money to save their job, who like, whose friend is like the number one, you know, person who's part of this club who like loves sex, enjoys it. Yeah. So she's like, come to the club, like, come, come make it in one night. You can like make all the money that you need in one night. And like, she's like, you know what, actually this sounds kind of fun. And at the same time I can make some money. Yeah. The person who ends up like, like coming for her is someone she knows. And so it's like, that's the first one. The second one's like, it is like blindfolds. I like, oh, probably like one of the sexiest, like menage scenes that Nikki has written is in book one. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Well, you just filled up like two weeks of my life. No, because you will not be able to put it down. I know, right? I so say to me, all she's this is going to be my next Dixon hole. Sleep. Oh, I you're swear going. Swear to God, the Sloan hole is serious Sloan business. Hole. I think. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jenny. Yes. Tell me everything. Aftercares. I don't um, know if I'm going to be capable of an aftercare. I know I need I like legitimately need aftercare. So mine is completely out of left field and not in any way related to the Sloan Hole. I'm t- <laughs> I'm taking a a writing class right now by Becca Syme that's write better faster. Oh, yeah. mm. Yep. And she uses like the Clifton Strengths. A lot of people who've worked in like a corporate job have done it. I did it probably 10 years ago at my corporate job, but she applies it to writing and your writing process. And Mm -hmm. it's fucking fascinating. And I've been annoyed for a while because like Katie and Sierra and Adriana and what will always be like, well, yeah, yeah. Are you a this or that? Yeah, well, I'm she'll be like, because I'm an activator, I whatever, whatever, <laughs> or like, you know, well, yep. we're both number one input. So that and I'm like, shut up. I don't know what mine are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to be I'm one of one the strategic. cool kids. 
<laughs> Wait, I think I am too. Yeah, I am. I'm number one strategic. I have terrible, terrible strengths. Mine are like strategic focus and discipline activator, which basically means that, that sounds like, great. I want to write a bunch of projects and I can never focus. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. I have like strategic and activator are one and two. And then I have like yeah. achiever in there oh, and then like oh individualized gosh. in context. So it's like I like starting things and I like having done things. But yeah. the doing things in the, the middle, middle is, part. is the problem. <laughs> Melody's like, yeah, that tracks. No. <laughs> How dare you, madam? No, it, it just sounds like this guy over here unless so, i get into like an adhd hyper focused tunnel like you'd have oh no yeah. idea where i'm gonna be at so so it's fucking it's so cool it's just cool learning about yourself and like those moments where it clicks and then i think it lifts some of the guilt and helps you to see how to like actually dangle the carrot for yourself and yeah. how to like not take the general advice that works for everybody, but just like is specific to you. So there's she has the classes and I think the website is like writebetterfaster.com. Nice. But there's also just books. If And that's where I started because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I have a time for a class right now. And then I read her books and was like, I have time for a class right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's worth I'll it. make time. Totally worth it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just been a revelation. So if anybody. So wait. Can non like would it apply to non writers or is this like yeah. a specifically there's actually thing? even a non writing class that she does but oh. the mm-hmm. I think the books would apply either way because so much of it yeah. is more just about like your yeah ability to do things yeah 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 that so sounds you really can interesting like, you can like pay thirty five dollars on the Gallup website to get your strengths and then then you can take your top 10 strengths and you can go to her YouTube channel and she Mm -hmm. does deep dives on each of the strengths. So if you really want to kind of go that route, but like the real true benefit from the Write Better Faster Academy is hearing Becca talk and getting like assistance from like her and her coaches. Yeah. So if you're a writer, highly recommend Write Better Faster. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I know what my aftercare is, and it's a little bit out of left field, um, but I... Is it a sea shanty? It's almost a sea shanty. No, it's not. No, it's a new children's movie, because they make them so well that even adults like them these oh, days. Is it Encanto? It's Encanto! Oh my gosh, Encanto. I haven't seen it yet. The amount of times I've watched this. Oh my god, so <laughs> Encanto, first of all, like, everything is a bop, right? Like, the whole thing is just, like completely legit awesomeness but there's also a few themes that like really spoke to me personally and like you know one of them was like trying to trying to sort of navigate and deal with the expectations that the world has of you and there is a song that I wish I had when I was a tiny child and it is called Surface Pressure and it mm-hmm. like warms my heart when I can I I listen to my 3-year-old go around and attempt to sing it in her toddler way but it's it's basically like a song about anxiety like mm-hmm. I like all of these people like hand it to me like she can you know she can take on the weight and like and how how like it's just it's incredible it's wonderful yeah it's wonderful it's incredible (laughs) and and there's this like big family redemption thing that like will always get me every time no matter the medium (laughs) yeah and kanto big big recommendation if you don't have a child i don't care is good all right nisha 
Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Nisha has a new book out. It yes. is called Dating Dr. Dill. Yeah. Tell them about Dating Dr. Yeah, Dill. Yeah, tell us everything. Sure. So Dating Dr. Dill is a story that I conceived on, like, when I was spitballing with my editor and I was like, what if William Shakespeare was like an auntie and he gave really terrible dating advice? And that is like the origin, the genesis (laughs) of this trilogy. And basically I took three of my favorite Shakespeare plays and I wanted to take the themes and the concepts that really resonated in those plays and apply it to South Asian romances. So Dating Dr. Dill is the first, which is a reimagination of Taming of the Shrew. It is not a retelling. It's not a retelling. It's like, does not follow beat by beat, but it takes those anti-feminist like concepts in the play and it tears them apart and flips the the themes on its head. Dill, D-I-L means heart. And the hero is a cardiologist who is love phobic. So there's a lot of it's a punny title. I love it. Um, and the heroine is obsessed with Taylor Swift and also falling in love. Ooh. She also works on cars. So I think she's super cool. I don't want to say it's like enemies to lovers, but there's like a terrible moment between the hero and heroine that kind of derails their slide into a romance. And uh, it's hopefully hilarious to everybody, but it is the first in the Shakespeare series. So there's aunties, there's friends, there's terrible dating, and there's also a food eating competition. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely delightful. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) We are excited. Yeah, completely. (laughs) And then I interrupted Melody asking if people are going to find you online. Oh, yeah. TikTok, man. Yeah. Come find me. She tears it up on TikTok. I'm a little obsessed with TikTok, though. I think it's a problem. Um, It's (laughs) my favorite procrastination method. You can find me on my website, first and foremost, with all of the information that you may need about me, my books, links, things like that at www.nisha-sharma.com. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Nisha Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, and, uh, TikTok is where you will see book recommendations. Instagram is where you will see things about my life. And, and Twitter is really just updates about like where you'll see my books pop up online. Cool. So very cool. And we'll link all of that in the show notes. Yes. For listening. I am so happy that I got to do this with all of you. So thank you so much for, for inviting me to talk about some of my, like about one of my favorite, like bonkers romances this is fun oh, is i love perfect. like gushing about good books oh my gosh nisha please come back like i think you were one of those people who like accidentally commented on something on instagram and i was like oh i guess you're gonna come be a guest then <laughs> meet nisha <laughs> meanwhile like i'm like looking at my phone i see it pop up and i'm like me like me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh Yay. thank you so much thank you oh my god that blew my fucking mind <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we are joined by Juliet Cross to recap Captive of the Horde King by Zoe Draven. And if you're a fan of Cal Drogo, this one is for you. The first portion will be available publicly, but if you want the full episode, you'll need to join our magical members site, the Temple of Defiant Joy, which you can do on our website. If you liked what you just heard, leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen. Uh, We have a big goal of getting to 500 ratings on Apple Podcasts by the end of 2022. So, you know, steal a family member's phone to rate us there as well. And look, I'm still unsupervised over here. So I'm going to throw out there that Melody will streak through Central Park if we reach 500 reviews before the end of 2022. That's right, you heard it here first, folks. Melody will streak through Central Park if we pull it off. Shh, don't tell her. You can follow us everywhere on social media. We are at Bonkers Romance. Now go enjoy your next Bonkers read. And remember, if you're marrying into a family that does rich East Coasty people shit, you better make sure you get ritual sex out of the bargain.